Hey everybody and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for the week of August 7th, 2006. I'm Pete Werner and joined again by our Orlando team, Ricky Pearson, Corey Martin, Bob Varley, Kevin Close and John Magi. And uh, we're going to get right into it today. There's an awful lot to uh, talk about. There's been some big developments over the weekend and we've made some updates to the site along those lines. So Corey, why don't you start out telling us uh, some of the things that we've all right. Um, thanks to Disney, we have a lot of big updates to the site. Uh, just so everybody knows, all these updates can be found on any one of our home pages at www.info.com and disboards.com. The the big one out right now is the the new ticket prices. We've added those to the site. Um, they have gone up for the second time this year. It, it, it it's 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 staggering to me. I, I I can't. What really bothers me most of all, though, is the is the reason that Disney's given. This is the this is like the salt in the wound. That it's 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 to address the needs of the travel industry. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was the reason for this was was to, for, for the for the travel industry. I, I, I what does that mean? What does that mean? Doesn't make four, any there's sense. A, there's a four dollar increase the second time this year. You know we're 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 in the middle of we're in the middle of the the highest gas prices we've ever seen. They're going up by the minute. Airfares are out of control. We've got a war in the Middle East. We just got done. Ninety percent of the country was just in the worst heat wave we've ever had. There, I'm watching. I'm watching on the news. They're talking about. You know, there are serious news organizations saying. You know, this is the start. Is this the start of the apocalypse? And Disney's raising ticket prices and saying it's for industry need. What the industry needs right now, I think, is I don't know for the prices to be a little more reasonable. It's already too expensive. And and I'm, I'm uh, this time I they, they, it's just getting ridiculous. I'm sorry. I just think the price a one day price of a theme park ticket sixty seven dollars is just out of control. It's just out of control. Sorry. It would make sense if the one day ticket price went up while the other ticket prices went down, but that's not the case. You're absolutely right. All the prices went up across the board, and the other thing is it's not just the ticket price themselves per day. They've also raised those add-on options. The park op- option increased from forty to forty-five dollars. That's mm. on every ticket you buy. That's big. Hmm. That's just the park hopper option. That's just the park hopper option. Um, the big jump was a no expiration option. I talked about this last week. Nobody purchases it now. Why would you raise the price on that? <laughs> because nobody's buying it now. They're trying to fund Magical Express. But yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you're right. I think that's a definitely part of it. They got to find a way to pay for that, and this is one of the ways. I mean, to raise the price another six percent this year is just unheard of. Well, there was recently an article that suggested that Disney was raising the prices to compensate for the uh, lower attendance. That what they were doing was charging you more because less people are showing up. They're still trying to maintain their bottom line, and the way they're doing that is charging the people that do show up more. Well, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? It certainly is. Well, it's also the it, it it also represents an awful lot of the arrogance that tends to run Disney Disney World, I think. And, and quite frankly, I mean, we were there we were there uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, what what I I just think the disconnect. I'm writing a whole thing for the site on this because I think the disconnect right now between Disney management and the reality of their of their customers on the ground, their 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 guests on the uh, in the parks. Is there's just a disconnect there that 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 that's not being bridged, and at at this period, the worst travel environment we've had post 9/11, okay, and these guys are raising prices. 
that shows arrogance and it shows complete lack of understanding of what is really affecting people right now. There's a lot less vacation dollar to go around. It's costing people a lot more to get here already. And and it's not like the price of these hotel rooms on property are some uh, are some deal. No. Um, you're getting you're getting you know you can get a hotel room at Universal for half the price you can on Disney property. And I'm sorry, I think you're getting a lot better right now at Universal than you're getting on Disney. What I experienced at the Contemporary a few weeks ago was a, was abysmal. So you're gonna you you're taking away things. We're 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 taking things off the castle. We're this new parade that's uh, that's coming up, where yeah. we, it's uh, they're just removing the snow globes and changing a few songs. You're going to charge three hundred dollars a night for a hotel room. You can't give a new parade, and for that, and for the experience of getting some kind of lukewarm microwaved uh, attraction from another park, uh, we get to pay four dollars more to walk in. I think that's ridiculous. But again, now I'm going too far. So. Well, there is a positive thing, though. I mean, if you if you get a seven day ticket or anything higher than a five day, your 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 day by day price to be in the park is is less. I mean, is it, I, but I, is it really with all these add ons going up? It's really not. The per day price actually becomes a good bargain. When you look at a seven-day pass, you're looking at $30 a day. That's for a base ticket, and that's not with tax, and that's not with a, no, with a park hopper or no expiration. It gets expensive. So that model is still good, but, you know, any raise in price at right. this point in time is just not called for. Well, I also think that's part of what Disney's talking about when they suggest that this might be good for the travel industry, that instead of people buying one-day passes, what this does is the, the rate of the one-day pass pushes them towards a buying a multi-day passport, which they then explain to you lowers the cost of your per-day admission. But however, it also raises the price of your multi-night stay in a resort, the number of meals you have to eat. So I don't know that there's really a savings. Well, yeah, exactly. And my, my feeling is that, you know, whatever the needs of the travel industry are, it can't be greater than the needs of the guests who are figuring out what they have to sell on eBay to finance their next trip. Um, and I don't think Disney, I don't see Disney giving absolutely any consideration to them. And, and I, you know, give the industry the consideration it needs, I guess, but they're doing it at the, at the expense of their guests, not in consideration. Of and their if guests. they did give the, the traveler, the benefit of the uh, price reduction that would in turn help the travel industry. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see how Universal and SeaWorld react to this, whether they follow suit and, and raise their prices. Well, SeaWorld's response today was to uh, introduce for the first time a Florida resident discount at Discovery Cove. They've just cut wow. the price in half at Discovery Cove for Florida residents. And, and you know, you've got, you've got Universal they're, they've got some great rates at their at, at their resorts right now. They're giving away it's kids eat free, kids stay free, kids play free, and you get a rental car. Rental. I mean, you got places trying to ply guests with with more incentives, and you have these arrogant people um, raising rates. I, and we're, you know, where you know, again, again, I don't want I don't want to spend an enormous amount of time on this because we got a lot to get to, but. Um, I think suffice it to say, uh, we're not the only people at the table, uh, uh, the only people uh, that think this is a, a bad idea, and I'm sure we're going to hear from, from plenty of our, our listeners and our visitors on that. So. Well, well ev- even more so now, I would really suggest people buy- not waiting to the, to the gate to buy their tickets. Uh, find a ticket broker that has great deals, um, or buy your tickets in advance through, any, uh, through your travel agency, Dreams Unlimited Travel, or the official ticket center from the Diz. Um, they give you great rates. Even if it's a few dollars off each ticket, you're saving money. Um, so I told you that update was pretty big. <laughs> what else you got? 
We had the uh, 2.7. I mean, all this came out the same day, uh, the 2007 Magic Your Way package descriptions. Those have been added to the site also. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of changes with the 2007 packages. There are quite a few changes. Um, the biggest is that now you can buy a 14-night package. In the past, you couldn't buy a 14-night package, so we'd have to actually book two separate packages, a 10-night stay and then an add-on stay. Uh, in addition to that, they brought back the VIP preferred fireworks seating for premium and platinum packages, which is really good. That was very popular. Um, there's some smaller changes in here. There's a $15 uh, certificate from um, Planet Hollywood, good for food and non-alcoholic beverages. There's a photo pass certificate. There's a miniature golf. There's a discount on renting the Sea Rays kind of sort of bizarre Disney logic. You get a 90-minute for paying for 60 minutes, so I don't know how useful that is for people. Other than that, the major components of the package haven't really changed. Um, one of the big things that did occur with the package is that the dining plan has also gone up in price. For adults, it's gone up $1. $38.99 per adult per day and $10.99 for children to have the dining package. There's also been some big changes to that dining package, haven't there? There have been some big changes. Uh, what we have is a preliminary list up on the Diz of the restaurants for 2007. you got to keep in mind that Disney did this last year. They didn't negotiate with their off, their non-Disney-owned and operated partners uh, before the package was released, so you're not going to see those restaurants on the list. It looks like there's an awful lot of restaurants missing. All of Epcot is missing from the list. But we think as they renegotiate those contracts, we're going to see those appear on the dining plan again, we hope. But the weird thing is is they, they took all these restaurants off, and they've added things like the fruit cart at oh. Animal Kingdom. Oh, That's my favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know, it's this, again, it's just this whole less is more. We're going to take things away and charge them more for it. And and I, I understand, you know, I understand the needs of, of a business. I run a business. I understand the needs of a business. But... You know, I also understand that you know there were there were some real big big businesses back in the eighties. IBM, AT and T. Where you know they're not what they were, and that kind of arrogance, that less is more. We're going to give you less. We're going to charge you more. I think is eventually, especially in the kind of market that we're in now, it's really going to come back and bite them in the butt. I agree. Let me give you some example pricing. I'm not going to give you a whole bunch because I think that. Rattling off numbers can be boring. Well, let me give you something that we're starting to see for 2007 packages. May 5th, 2007, six-night stay, Magic Your Way Plus Dining at the Polynesian in a Garden View room, two adults, two children, ages six and nine, with a seven-day park hopper ticket with the Magic Plus option, $4,366. I mean, you're starting to get prices that have now just been out that's of reach the, of, of the common. That's family. the price of a cruise. Yeah, that's what you see. You see a lot of cruises going for that. Now, that's not to say that you know you can't find something cheaper. Of course, you want to travel off season. You want to stay at a cheaper resort. November twentieth, two thousand and seven, seven nights, Magic Your Way, All Star Movies, one adult, one child, one thousand two hundred seventy nine dollars. That's with a seven-day park hopper. There are ways to do it. You can still stay cheap, but, you know, 
unfortunately, it's going to be a lot more work, I think, to find those good prices. Hmm. Cool. Thanks, John. Interesting. And, uh, Corey, you also uh, added some updates on... Uh, Candlelight Processional. There's, there are some changes to the 2006 uh, Candlelight Processional. Corey, I have to jump in here. Go ahead. We have used the Candlelight Processional as our Christmas Eve tradition for the last several years. We've always booked an early show and gone to a 6.30, 7 o'clock, 7.30 dinner. It's always worked out wonderfully. This year, the Candlelight Processional rules have changed. Disney is now shifting people who want to spend extra on a free show and pushing them into the off-dining times. I understand exactly why they're doing it. The 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock dining slot will sell by itself. What's happened is Disney has taken the Candlelight Processional. If you would like to go to the 5 o'clock show, you now have to book your lunch reservation between 1.45 and 2.45. Oh, wow. So, so now it's no longer the Candlelight Dinner Package. If you want to go to the 6.15 show, you have to book between 2.45 and 3.45. And if you want to go to the evening show, the late evening show, excuse me, 8.15, you have to book your dinner reservation between 5 and 6. What they're doing is they're charging you $45 to eat in one of the top-tier restaurants and telling you you have to have lunch or a late afternoon dinner. I don't know about you, but I'm a little miffed about it. And the thing is, you have to rush through your meal to see the show. You have to you have to get online to to be, get a good seat. And, like, for us, I, I go with uh, John and Kevin on Christmas Eve, and you have to send somebody ahead to hold your place in line, and then the others come along behind, and then you get this bad feeling of, oh, I'm holding a spot for eight people, and you get all the bad looks and the bad feelings that people are upset about. You know, just rushing along to to get your meal. I've I've done that in the past, and what happens is if if they get slow or backed up, you end up either having to skip your dessert, or or eat your meal in a rush, and and that's just not acceptable. And what 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 do you think what do you think people can do to work around these changes? I mean, is there is there are there any workarounds for people to be able to to do this? This is Disney's preliminary volley on the Candlelight Processional. I, for one, have written to guest services and told them that I, I think this is wrong. The tickets don't act, excuse me the packages don't actually go on sale until August fifteenth. It's to be seen whether Disney bows to the pressure or not. So, well, let's hope there's enough en- enough people who are upset about the changes to say something. Well, I'm can writing my letter. Kevin, can you uh, get Pete that information, and we can get that up on the website, who they can write to if they're not happy about this? Yes, I can get that information to you in the next podcast. Speaking of the Candlelight Processional, I was recently asked what my favorite restaurant was, and while I had a personal opinion, uh, one of the names that came up was what I thought about the Coral Reef Restaurant as part of the Candlelight Processional. I have to be honest. I went to the Coral Reef Restaurant when it first opened in the early 80s. At that time, it was one of Epcot's premier dining locations. There was a hushed, elegant atmosphere to this restaurant. Everything was done in cool blues. Well, I made a priority seating, excuse me, an ADR, recently, and we went for lunch. It was the only ADR we could get. Upon arrival, I walked into the restaurant, and there were four people standing behind the podium, and none of them acknowledged that we had entered. They stood there and ignored us. Now, I'm going to guess it was only for 30 to 45 seconds. However, 30 to 45 seconds is a long time when you're uncomfortable. 
Finally, <laughs> someone stood up and looked up and said, uh, can I help you? I said, we have an ADR for 2 o'clock. She took my name, and she ignored me again, and then turned to me and said, you can stand over there. I wasn't impressed to break right off the bat. <laughs> so we went in, we sat down, and I have to tell you, what was once that hushed, quiet, elegant exter- interior has turned into an underwater cafeteria. I don't know if the dining plan is the culprit, but it was loud, it was dirty, and there were children screaming everywhere. We decided to go ahead with our reservation, and we sat down, and we were given menus. We, As we were writing a review, we were rather liberal in the way we ordered. We ordered more food than we would normally eat, but I wanted to tell you what everything was like. After looking at the menu, I had no problem. A couple of us ordered soup. There were a couple appetizers, and I didn't see anything on the menu for the lunch. Uh, excuse me, I didn't see anything on the lunch menu that I actually liked. The lunch menu is very limited. There's about eight choices, and th- some of them are very plain, and some of them are rather just odd. One of the choices ordered off the lunch menu was the mahi mahi grilled over Israeli couscous with this special soy honey glaze. Sounds pretty good, right? Mm. Okay. Well, as I said, I didn't see anything on the menu that I liked, so I asked our waiter. I won't tell you his name, but I asked him if they had a dinner menu. Was I looking at the only menu for the day, or was there a separate menu? And he explained that there was a dinner menu. I asked him if I could see it. He said, certainly, no problem. So he went and got me the dinner menu, and I found a couple of other choices. Wildly more expensive but other choices. So I had, I, when he came back, I asked him if it was possible for me to order off the dinner menu. And he explained to me that there was certainly no problem with that, anything I wanted. So I ordered the grilled flounder over wasabi mashed potatoes. And my waiter looked overjoyed. He said, that is a wonderful choice. I said, great. He said, but we don't have flounder. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, we're substituting tuna. I don't know about you, but tuna and flounder are not similar at all. So I said, no, I don't want want that. Um, So I ordered something called the Chesapeake Crab Cake, which came with the glorious description of being pan-seared and covered with a honey mustard sauce and accompanied by chorizo, or chorizo, excuse me, chorizo, Hash brown potatoes. I thought it sounded wonderful, and I assumed at twenty seven ninety nine that it would be more than wonderful. Well, in the meantime, our salad and our appetizers came, and while I can't say anything bad about them, they weren't special. One of our appetizers was a calamari, and if you're familiar with Burger King onion rings... There were seven Burger King onion ring shaped calamari (laughs) on the plate at $8. I figured that to be about a buck and a quarter a ring. I ordered a Caesar salad and added in the, the fried scallops. When they brought the scallops, or when they brought the Caesar salad out, I, I certainly wasn't, I was confused. I couldn't differentiate between the scallops and the croutons. Don't know about you, but I thought it was scary. <laughs> oh, God. I do have something very nice to say about the restaurant. They had wonderful whole grain bread. Okay, back to the review. <laughs> After our appetizers were done, our food came out. They brought my dining companion his mahi-mahi. He got a piece of fish about the size of a man's wallet, and it was black. 
and it was over pearl pasta in soy sauce. I didn't see Israeli couscous. I didn't see the, hoi, the soy honey glaze that I was expecting. It was a small piece of fish and pearl pasta in a bowl big enough to feed a family. However, there was one portion of food in it. It looked ridiculous. What looked even more ridiculous was when he brought out my food. I had ordered the Chesapeake crab cake. Again, they brought me out a plate roughly the size of a truck tire. <laughs> Sitting in the middle of this truck tire was this sad little crab cake. <laughs> there was nothing else on the plate. There were no parsley flakes. There were no lemon wedges. It was just sad. I had this enormous oh, plate and this sad little crab cake. How much was that? Twenty seven ninety nine. Bobby said that three times. And <laughs> sitting next to my sad little crab cake in a separate bowl was this cold little lump of mashed potatoes. Our waiter explained to me that because I didn't, I ordered off the dinner menu and it wasn't dinner that they wouldn't be able to make the the syrup for my crab cake. I didn't ask for syrup. I thought there was a honey mustard sauce that went on top of it, but apparently because I ordered off menu, they were not able to do that for me. Uh, there was no way I could sit there in my right mind and pay $28 for this sad little crab cake. So without even discussing this with the waiter, I asked to speak to a manager. A manager finally came to my table a couple minutes later, and I said, I'd like to talk to you about my meal. And she looked down at my meal, and her reaction was, what is that? <laughs> I oh said, my. I said, well, that's the Chesapeake crab cake. And she said to me, where'd you get it? <laughs> And I said, from your kitchen. <laughs> and she says to me, how'd you get it? And I said, I ordered it and the waiter brought it to me. She goes, now? I said, yes, I ordered off the dinner menu. Oh, he should, her response was, he should know that you can't do that. I said, I'm sorry, but I asked to see a dinner menu. I asked him if it was okay. I asked for permission. I said, I apologize, but I really think you should take this off my check. I refused to pay $28 for this sad little crab cake. She, without hesitation, said to me, sir, I will definitely take that off the check. I am so sorry. She apologized. However, she then walked in the back room, and in a matter of seconds, our waiter came out and said, sir, I only did this so that I could meet your dietary restrictions. I said to him, I didn't say anything about dietary restrictions. I said, I didn't think I, I didn't see anything I wanted. And I asked if it was okay. He said, oh, I didn't think there was anything you could eat on the earlier menu. I said, no, that's not the case. Now the manager comes back and says, I hope everything's okay. I said, well, no, everything's still not okay. And she said, listen, there's nothing we're going to be able to do with the crab cake. We're just going to throw it away. Would you rather keep it? I still won't charge you for it. And I thought, okay, let's give it a shot. Well, as the manager walked away, I tried it. And I'm sorry to explain to you that I can only describe it as fried cat food. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, this it was good. awful. Now, again, I had a dining companion, and I said to him, would you try this for me and see what you think? And he said, sure. Took a bite of it and spit it into his napkin. He said, that's unedible. Altogether, if we had paid our lunch menu, our lunch in this restaurant was going to cost roughly $100. I'm not the type of person who's opposed to paying $100 for lunch. I truly am not. But I believe you should get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. I thought 
four ounces of fried cat food for $28 was a little high. <laughs> I, when our waiter brought our check, the manager had nicely taken my meal and my dining companion's meal off the, the bill. However, we had a salad, six calamari rings, and two bowls of lobster soup. And the total still came to $36. Wow. I have nothing good to say about this restaurant. I have nothing nice to say about the way it looks, about the way it's being handled. What It hasn't been changed, I don't think, it's since it's been open. And when you walk in, you realize the walls are plastic. This could become one of Epcot's finest dining establishments. They have the perfect place to do this. One whole wall of the Coral Reef restaurant looks into the the Coral Reef. So it's a wonderful place for a dining location. However, if they're going to serve subpar food at outrageously inflated prices, I have a feeling that it's just going to remain bad. However, one of the other things I need to talk about is I really worked to get this dining reservation. And when we walked in, there were six tables full. However, I jumped through hoops to try and acquire this reservation. So I don't understand why six tables constitutes a full restaurant in a, ta- in a restaurant that holds 50 tables. But correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not a new problem for the Coral Reef. I mean, this has been a, a problematic restaurant pretty much since itself. I've never heard. I don't think I've ever heard a good review of this place. Well, I have to tell you, I, as I said, I haven't been there for many, many years, and when you asked me what I thought about it as far as an option for the candlelight, I thought, I don't know that I can speak about that without actually experiencing it myself. I- I'm glad I experienced it because now I have a chance to tell people, don't waste your time or your money. You're better off with a hot dog from the electric umbrella. Mm. Exactly. It, it's, it was just outrageously bad. Also, just so everybody knows, we have all the menus on the site for all these restaurant locations. So, I if, mean, you go to the restu- if you go there, you'll see my $27.99 Chesapeake crab cake. <laughs> Don't get it. It tastes like cat food. And I'd also like to add that Kevin took a picture of this, and we're going to try to get that to Pete so he can put it up on the website. It is hysterical. This giant white plate with this sad little <laughs> I have to tell you, I don't often take pictures of what I eat. I was so flabbergasted when I took my camera, I said, no one's going to believe me. <laughs> That's that's uh, like I said. I I'm 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 sorry that it was such a, a bad experience, but uh, you know I, I I just I don't. I'm trying to think if I've heard when the last time I heard a good review of that restaurant was, and that's too bad. That's, I've that's, never that's heard a shame because you're right. I think it should be, and could be a flagship restaurant in Epcot, um, but uh, it never has, and uh, looks like it's uh, not going to be that anytime soon. What's uh, what's next on your uh, your tour to review? I understand that there's a new outlet of the Bubba Gum Shrimp Company at Orlando's Universal Studios City Walk. I'm going to try another seafood restaurant. That just opened uh, not too not too long ago. Well, thanks for the review, Kevin. I appreciate it. And I guess on the topic of uh, Bubba Gump, we'll uh, ask Ricky about uh, some of the updates going on over at Universal uh, right now, some of the new things over at Universal. What do you got? Well, yeah, like you said, uh, there's a new restaurant, Bubba Gump Shrimp, where they serve shrimp, shrimp, and more shrimp. It looks good. I haven't personally tried it, but Kevin, you are going to be trying that uh, this week. But yeah, so... Uh, and that, and I'm sorry, Ricky, that replaces the old Motown Cafe, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yeah. Correct. 
they serve other things other than shrimp. They also serve great other seafood, steaks, sandwiches, appetizers, desserts. And they also sell a lot of memorabilia from the movie Forrest Gump. So, uh, Kevin, look into that and see what you can find. I'll let you know. Yeah, please. Yeah, what else is uh, going on over there? I well, know you, uh, you, you were... Uh we're spending some time over at the Red Coconut Room. I have been. I have this been. This is a, a little favorite of Ricky's right now. He's, uh, <laughs> he's over at City Walk, uh, trying to try trying to meet Mrs. Wright. <laughs> trying to meet Mrs. Wright. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, the Red Coconut looks like the place where I could find her because it is. It's a <laughs> oh, nice boy, place. It is. Uh, it's a nice place. It's really nice. Um, if you got, if you don't know where it's located, it's on the second level of City Walk, right across from Starbucks. And it, it's really nice. Uh, it's a nice lounge. Can I ask a question? Is this a new location or is this a remodel? I believe it's a new location. It's brand new, yeah. Yeah, brand new I believe place. it's and a new it's location. It's absolutely beautiful. It really is a nice, very very Miami-looking nice type. Maybe that's why I like it. Yeah, it reminds me of home. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's open uh, seven, seven days a week from uh, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. Like everything else here in Orlando, closes at 2 a.m. The bar serves signature martinis, daily happy hours from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, there's live music uh, and DJ, which I've never really been a favorite of the music that they that they play there. But talking to one of the bartenders last week, he was telling me that they're actually going to be updating that and bringing a DJ from L.A. and a band from L.A. So hopefully the music does get better and... Uh, you know, it just becomes a funner place. So you're already on a first name basis with the bartender. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, moving right along. Moving right along. <laughs> they also have great appetizers. Last week when I was there, I had two of them. Um, I had the chicken fingers with a peanut butter sauce that it comes with, and actually for nine dollars you do get your money's worth. Um, you do get a good amount of food for that price. The other appetizer I had was uh, an artichoke dip that comes with uh, some bread toast, um, and it's also a good amount for as well as nine dollars. There's another thing that happens on selected Fridays. It's called Mix After Six at the Red Coconut Club. DJs from WOMX Mix 105.1 will be there. And this is on selected Fridays from 6 to 8 p.m. There's drink specials, two phone appetizers, and prize giveaways. The upcoming dates is August 25th, uh, November 24th, and December 22nd. And so that's something to look forward to. That sounds like fun. Yeah. 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 And uh, what else over at, uh, at Universal? Some birthday party stuff, I understand? Yeah, yeah. You can celebrate your child's birthday either at Universal or at Islands of Adventure. That includes cake, ice cream, decorations, and express access pass for your child's favorite attraction. Now, there are some extras that you could add. You can have meals. You can have discounted park admissions. And you can have character meet and greets. Now, for the price, I think the character meet and greets should be included. You get all this for five hundred and eighty-one dollars. Five hundred and eighty-one dollars, not including tax. So I think for that amount, I think your child should at least get to meet, you know, his favorite character. And and now, how many people does that include? This includes up to sixteen people, and it runs for approximately two hours. That's a. I'm sorry. That's just. Way too expensive for kids. Yeah, I, I agree. would just like to clarify that does not include park admission, does it? And no, it doesn't. So you're talking about paying park admission for 16 people, plus what did you say? 581. 581 dollars, not including tax. Okay. So yeah. So with tax, you're over 600 bucks. Most probably, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. My my parents used to buy me an ice cream cake at Carvel and some hats. <laughs> and the aunts and uncles came over. Yeah. I mean, whatever happened to that? I mean, I don't and for those who, for those of you who would like to uh, get this, uh, make sure to make your reservations at least two weeks in advance prior to the party. Now, so. did you guys hear about the, the was it uh, 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 this family? Had paid Paris Hilton a hundred thousand dollars to show up at their nine-year-old's birthday party. Are you serious? Nine um, years old. That's so what I want to So, folks, for an extra hundred thousand dollars, you can have Paris Hilton because she is certainly a role model. She is yeah. a role model. Yes, indeed. Yeah, that's hot. That's for, hot for any nine-year-old. <laughs> you can have you can have Paris Hilton at, at, at your child's birthday party at Islands of Adventure for one hundred thousand five hundred eighty-one dollars. And that's your park admission. It's <laughs> a real life, simple life. Uh, there's so so many places I could go with that, and I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. It's a family show. Um, well, great. Is that it, Ricky? Yes, it is. That's great. Thanks very much for the You're for welcome. the update. And uh, and I guess we'll continue our, our discussion of uh, things off Disney property with Bob, telling us a little bit about some of what's uh, what's available around town in terms of hotel rooms. What do you got, Bob? Yeah, I have a couple of hotels that are have pretty good deals. The Grovesner Hotel has a fifty nine dollar rate. Going in September, and that's in downtown uh, Disney. August and September, yeah, and that's right, it, pretty close. To, it's right across the street from downtown Disney, so it's it's a great location. You can just jump across the street and you're you're there. Jump on a Disney transportation if you want. Uh, I also have Buena Vista Suites at eighty four dollars a night. That's a great deal. September first through the thirtieth. I mean, everybody gets a, a breakfast buffet, so. That pricing is exceptional. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a great price. Great, great hotel. I also have the Radisson at fifty nine ninety nine. That's a summer special, uh, select days in August, and uh, most of September. So that's a great rate. Yeah, and there. I mean, we were talking earlier about you know some of the challenges the industry in, in town is facing right now. Occupancy is down, pretty much across the board in Orlando right now, and, and a lot, of, especially now, what you're going to find coming in through the rest of August into September in particular, you're going to see a lot of these hotel rooms, especially in particular the ones off of Disney property anyway, uh, really getting aggressive. Uh, they've been they've been used to some good occupancy these last few years, yeah. and uh, everybody kind of think it's a little nervous when they see the occupancy uh, slide. That's why you see these fifty nine dollar rates coming out at hotels that normally go for a lot more than that so those are those are some yeah great they're deals. getting very creative in their pricing in august and september so if you go out and just search our search engine put in the dates and check them out there's, there's a lot of great deals out there that's great great thanks bob appreciate it and uh with that and wrapping up we're going to uh, finish off with our sound off segment for this week last week we asked you where your favorite out of the play, out of the way places were, and we got an enormous number of responses uh, last week. Really, really uh, impressed with the number of responses. Oh yeah, and a lot of them, uh, a, a lot of a lot of you have the same uh, favorite out of the way spots that uh, that we do. Um, in particular, uh, the uh, the walkway between Tomorrowland and and Mickey's Toontown and, and the Magic Kingdom is one of the most popular. Um, as well as uh, the second the second floor, the Columbia Harbor House in the Magic Kingdom, and uh, the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. Those were three that were that were brought up uh, quite a bit. Oddly, interestingly, all three in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. 
Um, but we had some that were real interesting, and, and these two in particular really, really, really caught my attention. We have Sean in Buffalo, New York, who writes, My favorite out-of-the-way place in Walt Disney World isn't too out-of-the-way, but it sure is peaceful and a welcome respite from the hot Florida sun. My spot is located inside the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. After entering the main courtyard, to the right of the stairs you walk down into the marketplace is a bench. This bench provides a nice view of the hustle and bustle of the Mexican Pavilion. It's nice to watch the shoppers and gaze up at the peaceful, albeit false, night sky. What really makes this bench something special is that it is in the direct line of the most powerful air conditioning vent in Walt Disney World. <laughs> the cool air blasts you as you relax, listening to the ambient noise of the pavilion and getting recharged for what a great adventure, whatever great adventure you take on next. I think that's a, a, a really great... Uh, great out of the way spot, yeah. especially the part about the the, the, the ultra powerful. Uh, I'll remember that for the food and wine festival. Yeah, yeah. cool off before I start. Watch out, sir. Well, watch that's out, if, that, That's if you're still coherent by the time you get to Mexico. No, um, I'm gonna start off at Mexico. Oh, okay, there you go. You're gonna need a break already. I think you're gonna need it. <laughs> now after you're gonna have to share that bench, Sean. <laughs> uh, the other one that we received that I really like was sent uh, by Diane. Diane didn't tell me where she's from, but. She has a, a few, uh, I thought, a few really good, uh, really good suggestions. Uh, first one was uh, in Epcot's World Showcase. We pick up a snack at the Boulangerie in France, then take a walk through the alley beside the perfume shop across the way. There's a garden there, we, and in that garden they've met uh, Princess Aurora and Belle from Beauty and the Beast. There's also a waterfall in the, uh, behind the totem poles in Canada on the way to see the movie, O Canada, and a lot of people skip the movie, so they never go all the way back there and explore. I've been there a few times, too. That is a really, really nice, quiet spot. So uh, so to Sean and Diane, we're going to send uh, you guys out to, uh, we're going to send you out each a $25 gift certificate, good at uh, anywhere on Walt, uh, Walt Disney World, uh, Disney Cruise Line, Disneyland, or in any of the Disney stores. So we really appreciate your, uh, your, your everybody's emails. We're going to be putting a lot of these up on the site uh, in the next couple of days. And uh, for next week, we have a new sound-off topic. And uh, since we were talking a lot today about the cost of packages and ticket prices, we want to hear from you. How much is too much? At what point do you think it gets too expensive? How much are you willing to spend for one day in a Disney theme park? Um, if, you've, uh, if you're in the process of planning a trip right now, what do you think about what you're paying for it? Or if you just came back from one... Do you feel you got your money's worth? Uh, we really like to hear what you what, what you have to say. So send us an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com. And uh, now next week, uh, next week's roundtable, we're going to be shy two members as Corey and Ricky are going to be on the the Disney Wonder. Woohoo! We're considering. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're excited about it. Oh yeah. Um, we're, we're considering a contest. Spot Corey, Corey and Ricky and win. Um, <laughs> You can peg him with an egg on that. <laughs> get a picture of it. And get Most a picture embarrassing of it. picture. Most embarrassing picture of Corey and Ricky on... Uh, I'll make sure I keep the lime green discreet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I should give out like a really, really big prize. Or something <laughs> like I won't do that to you, I promise. But uh, so next week, uh, next week it'll be Bob, uh, John, Kevin, and I. So on behalf of everybody here in Orlando and the Diz team, thanks for listening to Diz Unplugged, and you have a great week.